Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. We are currently recording this Friday night, October 4th, which means we are at the beginning of another amazing NASCAR weekend. But we got a recap last weekend after Chase Elliott's dominant performance. And yes, I am going to call it a dominant performance. There are some people on Twitter who shan't be named. They aren't going to get the attention who just complain about everything and say that was not a dominant performance by Chase Elliott. Yes, it was. To crash your car, make it make a comeback through the field like that, being a dominant Putting on a dominant performance doesn't mean you lead the most laps. That's just whoever led the most laps. Dominant performance is the best car out there. Nobody can contend with you. And that's what Chase Elliott did all weekend. But that's besides the point. He is now the new, I would say, the new road course ringer. He's been killing it. Watkins Glen, Sonoma, he ran well until he had a, I believe it was a battery issue. Battery or water pump issue. I'm not positive which it was. But he had a great run going there until that happened. And now the Charlotte Roval, he has gone and collected a win there. But this weekend, we are on to Dover, where guess who has won run well before? Chase Elliott. He was battling for uh, the win with Kyle Busch uh, in recent memory until he uh, sort of gave it up there. He really didn't fight as well as he could have or just was off on setup or something, but did not do an adequate job of defending the lead because he didn't get to keep the lead. So that was the issue he faced there. But hoping to redeem himself, finished final practice in fifth place and we're going to give you a quick rundown of practice at the end of final practice which was friday afternoon you have kyle larson in first place martin truex jr kevin harvick brad kozlowski chase elliott matt devanadetto with a great run up to sixth ricky senhouse jr good run for him seventh chris busher fantastic run for him in eighth austin dillon kurt bush jimmy johnson in 10th uh, excuse me, Jimmy Johnson in 11th, Kurt Busch rounded out your top 10. Eric Jones, who was in a must-win situation last week, could not pull it off, was 12th, Ryan Blaney 13th, Alex Bowman 14th, and William Byron 15th. That is your top 15. Some others stand out, Bubba Wallace pretty good with 18th, Daniel Hemrick 21st, kind of interesting. Joey Logano surprises me that he's that far back in 23rd. Corey LaJoy stacking pennies up to 26th with Ryan Newman 27th, Matt Tiff 28th, and that's something we are going to touch on this episode is Matt Tift has a full-time ride. And it seems like people kind of forget that. Him and Daniel Hemrick, that they are full-time cup rides now, but they don't really get any TV coverage. And that's just the way it is. Garrett Smithley, who is looking for a full-time ride at Rick Ware Racing for next season, finished the practice 35th. He's driving the 54 car this week. Ross Chastain, 36, and Reed Sorensen rounded out the field with 37. 37 cars showed up to the track. 37 cars are going to qualify tomorrow to try and make the great banked race at Dover. With that, uh, what makes Dover unique, in case you don't know, is that it's pavement. It's concrete. It is not the typical asphalt. So tire wear is quite different. It's a very, very difficult track to drive. It can snap from tight to loose on you pretty quickly in those cars. The K&N race was there today, a couple notable names, and I believe they had a 17-car field, and that is the last race before they merge, quote-unquote merge, with the ARCA series. K&N East, K&N West, and ARCA are all going to pretty much one standardized body. They all have their own championships, plus now there's a championship between the three divisions, for uh, one champion, I believe it's eight or ten races in there. If you want more information on that, we actually talked with Matt Weaver about it a little over a year ago. He had some insider information on it that he was allowed to share, and he did share with us. We talked about that quite extensively. Uh, he and I have had some other conversations in private about it, and it's it seems like uh, this was driven by low car counts in the K&N fields, which frankly is true. When you show up to New Hampshire Motor Speedway where you've got the Cup, the Xfinity, uh, there in the same weekend, the K&N cars had six. 
six cars showed up for the K&N race, and I believe it was the year before um, Anthony Alfredo was there, and I think it was eight cars total. And I only remember that because that was the first time I ever saw Anthony, didn't get to talk to him. We had an interview set up, and it didn't uh, end up working out. But in other racing news, short track, Stafford recently had its uh, fall final, and the winner of that race took home quite, uh, quite the prize, quite the prestige. Craig Lutz did a fantastic job for his first career win. Uh, that's the big prize I mentioned. Getting your first career win at a place like Stafford especially, he's always run well there, but just never really had enough to bring it home. But he put on a fantastic performance. 150 laps later, he comes home the victor. Doug Covey was third uh, off the top of my head, and no, there were no more announcer troubles this time. For anyone that doesn't know, uh, if you've seen the video of Doug Covey swearing over the PA, that was me. That was uh, me that walked up to Doug Covey and said, so you, uh, you're heartbroken after a loss like that after leading so many laps. Why don't you tell us a little more about it? And Doug Covey looked at me and he said, I don't get heartbroken. I get expletive, expletive. And I pulled the mic on him for that one. Uh, I believe the video's up on YouTube. I don't know who posted it. Uh, I don't know how they got the video because there were like four copies of it. And the copy that they have is different than the one that we got. Their copy looks like it was streamed off of fan, Fan's Choice, which was down at the time. So I have no idea how that video was recorded, but it wasn't anyone at the track that posted that video, so I really don't know. But besides the point, he had a great run in third place, and he's all but locked down the championship. He just needs a good run at Thompson for their World Series, which is coming up soon. And that is another great track. I believe Keith Rocco is leading the SK Modified division there. Don't quote me on that, but off the top of my head, I believe he's leading the points there, and it's going to be it's always great local racing at Thompson and Stafford. I'm hoping that maybe next year, this summer coming up, I can actually uh, work at Thompson like I do at Stafford. Thompson doesn't host racing every week. Typically, it's about every other week, and they don't always host on one night. Like, for example, fr Sa excuse me, Stafford is every single Friday night you go there, there's racing going on, five divisions at least, if not more. And Thompson, it's pretty much every other week they've got, I believe, five divisions of their own. The SK Mods, SK Lights, their version of the Street Stocks, and then the Late Models. And I believe there's one other. I don't think they actually run the limited Late Models at Thompson now that I'm thinking about it. But it's uh, great racing there regardless. The World Series is coming up. Always a great time to go and watch. I've been there uh, for a couple times. I went there... I believe I went, no, I couldn't have gone to the World Series last year. I went to one of the Tour Mod races there uh, in 2018, and it was just an amazing race. I helped out with, uh, ooh, that was Ron Parent, I want to say his name was. Uh, helped out with that car. Ray Parent? I think it was Ray Parent. The 98 last year, I don't believe he's driving this year in the Tour Series. But I helped out with that one and on Chase Dowling's car a tiny, tiny bit. But it's... uh. It's, it's a little community up there in, in Connecticut for the local tracks, and I've said it before, I've said it a hundred times before, go to those tracks, support them, it's always a great time, always worth it. And if you were at the Stafford race, you probably saw quite a few bottled up stickers on quite a few cars, so that was, uh, that was a really cool experience. I know um, we had people that agreed to run them were Mike Flynn in the 54 SK, actually I think it was the 5 SK Modified. Additionally... Track champion, 92 late model, Tom Fern. Track champion, number six, limited late model, Jeremy Lavoie. Uh, we had the 
rent a race car crew. We had David Teft agreed to run stickers. And then, of course, our favorite street stock driver, Christopher Daniel Chuck, out there in the number nine, number 94, rent a race car. Uh, all the rent a race car cars have them on, have bottled up stickers on there. But Chris Daniel Chuck, he actually went and beat the sticker up a bit, so he's going to need a new one. But that's what those stickers are for. I want those guys out there. If they're going to run the sticker, go out there, run it hard. It's uh, always great to see. However, we're going to circle on back to the uh, NASCAR Cup side of things. Chase Elliott won the uh, won this race last year at Dover, so that's how he clinched his way into the round of eight. And I'm thinking he might be able to do it again. But if that number nine car doesn't get there, I think we're going to have a bit of an upset winner. I'm going to go with William Byron or Ryan Newman. I think both of those guys are hungry enough to win that they might be able to pull something off if Chase Elliott can't. But I'm expecting that nine car to go out there, have a great day. They are really on top of the world at the moment. They're going back to a track they know they run well at, and they're coming off of a big win at the Roval, an absolutely dominant performance there for those guys. I think they're going to win it. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the Vegas odds for who's going to win it and see if they agree or disagree with us. And as we take a look down, Chase Elliott, 7-1. So if you go ahead and put $1,000 on Chase Elliott for uh, him to win the race, you're coming home with $7,000. Not that I uh, endorse gambling, sports gambling, but uh, in that large quantities, I should say. Throwing 1000 bucks down on a driver, that's quite a big move. But... That's who uh, they're saying. Seven to one odds to win it. A couple other guys here. Brad Keselowski's got twelve to one. Same with Denny Hamlin. Joey Logano fourteen to one. Probably a little bit lower after that uh, final practice run. But who knows? He could have just been running a uh, different setup or something. William Byron thirty to one. So Vegas is calling me crazy. But we'll see how that ends up working out. Let's give a quick rundown of the finishing order at the Roval. I forgot to do that earlier in the episode. Sometimes it's better to just wrap up last week's race toward the end of the podcast, and that's what we're going to wrap this episode up with, actually. But it was a great, great race at the Roval. My roommate does not watch NASCAR at all. He has no interest in racing whatsoever. The most he's gone to was a race down at Anderson, Indiana, Anderson Speedway in Indiana, and he watched a super late model race going on down there, and he said uh, he was bored pretty quick of it, but... He sat down, he watched the Roval, and seemed to enjoy a bit of it, so that was good. But your finishing lineup, Chase Elliott in first, as mentioned before. Alex Bowman had a fantastic run in second. He gave everything he had, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Alex Bowman's day after this. Kevin Harvick third. Clint Boyer had a good run in fourth. Brad Keselowski fifth. William Byron sixth. Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Jimmy Johnson, and Joey Logano rounded out your top ten after he had a bit of a tough day. Came out on a pit stop and on cold tires, overdrove turn three, the first turn out of the pits. For him, but he overdrove turn three, caught the wall, put a hole in the front left. Todd Gordon, his crew chief, said, bring it on back to me right away. So they had to make another pit stop. But Matt DiMaddetto struggled with track position in 11th. Michael McDowell, I'm going to start calling that guy Superman because on Friday, he was having uh, intestinal pains is what they said. And then, or actually, I'm sorry, that was Saturday morning. He was having intestinal pains, went over to the hospital uh, Passed some kidney stones, which is excruciatingly painful, as some of you may hopefully may never know, but it is excruciatingly painful. And a couple hours later, he was back in the car qualifying it. That is pretty unbelievable. That's just that goes to show how tough mentally and physically those guys are. But he finished, had a great run, finished 12th. Kyle Larson 13th, Eric Almirola, Ty Dillon, great run for him in 15th. 
Paul Menard, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished right where his number is, 17th. Chris Buescher, who was running towards the front earlier but fell back towards the end, uh, was 18th. Some other notable people. Ryan Priest, 21st. He was having a good run. Ross Chastain, finishing on the lead lap in the number 15, finished 22nd ahead of Austin Dillon and Bubba Wallace, as well as Matt Tift. Parker Kligerman, in a part-time ride, finishes 26th. 26th. Corey LaJoy stacking pennies, who will be soon be stacking diapers. It's, he announced that he's going to be having, well, not him, but he and his wife are having um, a child uh, coming up. I believe it's due on Easter of next year. And Landon Castle, are one of our favorite teams from just how hard they work. It's incredible. In 28th, and Ryan Newman, 32nd. And rounding out the field was Eric Jones in 40th after he wrecked out, but... Actually, two cars failed from, er, I'm sorry, two cars retired due to suspension issues. Josh Felicki and Kyle Busch, who under the red flag, simply turned around and turned around and drove his car to the garage, which uh, sparked quite a bit of debate. Um, some people say he gave up on his team. Others were saying, well, he didn't have anything more to gain. He was three laps down. That's that's a tough uh, that's a tough call. It's I can see both sides of it, but for the sponsors and for your fans, go out there, run the last couple laps, and just finish off the race. You know, do what you can. Just quitting towards the end there didn't it? It, it doesn't feel right. It didn't really look like Kyle Busch to just give up and quit. But as soon as it's really impossible for him to win, he just parks it. I mean, wow, but. I don't know, that's the position. But as I mentioned, we were going to round out this episode with Bubba Wallace and Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman had a rough day. Lap one going into the backstretch chicane, got a little too hard on the brakes, actually spun the car all the way around, got into Bubba Wallace a bit, got a bit of damage on both cars, nothing too bad. Got the car back going. Bowman got a pass-through for missing the chicane, fought his way back up, and he, has been he had been sick the entire week leading up to it, and he thought he was fine the day of the race. Started to get really dehydrated towards the end of it and fought his way through to a second place finish, which is really incredible. He was one of the one of a few drivers that didn't get water under the red flag because they started at the back, worked their way forward. By the time they got to the cars closer to the front, uh, it was time to get the cars rolling again, so he didn't end up getting any water. Also, during the race, Bubba Wallace was allegedly flipping him off through multiple turns uh, over a couple laps. So Alex Bowman said, enough's enough, and he actually spun Bubba out for flipping him off. So at the end of the race, Alex Bowman was receiving some medical attention, getting some fluids in him. Uh, there was NASCAR's head medical personnel uh, was there, crouching next to him. Jeff Gordon was there. That If you've seen the video, Jeff Gordon was actually the guy in the black shirt. Not many people realize that. But um, Bubba walked over. Said, had a few choice words for Bowman, which were not repeated to the media, so nobody really knows what he said. Threw water all over him, all over the medical personnel, all over Jeff Gordon, and then stormed away. No real public apology for that. No real public comment on it. Um, on either side, Alex Bowman pretty much was asked, what did he say to you, and said, uh, I'm not repeating it. But... I don't know. You can let me know over on Twitter at Bottled Up Radio which side you're on, whether you're Team Bubba, Team Bowman. Um, <laughs> that's quite a bit of a debate going on uh, in the NASCAR Twitter, but you know what? A bit of healthy debate never hurt anybody, and both sides influ both sides stating their opinion, trying to influence the other, it gets people talking, gets people thinking. Um, it's gonna be good, and the the racing package for next year has been confirmed to be 
a lot more of the same. The NASCAR execs say they're happy with it. So you can let us know here at Bottled Up your thoughts on that. Again, at Bottled Up Radio. If you're feeling so generous, so inclined, you can leave a like or a rating over on iTunes. Just let us know what you think of the show. That actually helps us out a ton. Let's us know what you like, what you don't like. We are big boys over here. We can, uh, we can handle criticism. So if you've got something you want to say, we'd love to hear it. But to everyone that listens in every week, it's appreciated. I do see it. I look at the statistics for this podcast all the time, and it blows me away the amount of people that look and listen in every week consistently from not even all over the country, all over the world. I mean, there's people that have listened from Great Britain that are probably watching the race. Gosh, it's got to be like 8 or 9 o'clock at night that the race, some of the races start for you guys down there. And a night race, you're watching at 2 or 3 in the morning. It's like Americans watching Formula 1. It's such odd hours of the day. But maybe that's why Maybe you're not watching. You're just getting all your NASCAR information from us here on the Bottled Up Podcast. Hey, and if that's the case, we appreciate it. People all over the world, people from Canada, you know, Britain, all over. It's really incredible to see, and it's much appreciated. Thank you, everyone, who listens in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bottled Up Podcast.